Hello, hello, it is Jules Dan here, coming back at you for Storytelling Secrets. Now, this week, I've got a value-based episode for you, and I'm here today with a TikTok, that's right, TikTok influencer, Mayan Gordon. Now, Mayan has over 1.7 million followers, and uh, she started out as a professional glass blower on the platform and she's here to tell us how you tell that compelling story using TikTok. So it's something I'm really fascinated about. I didn't know quite I'd actually use TikTok, but the moment I was on a bed my, my bed with my girlfriend, she showed me what that looked like and all these short form addictive videos, I instantly knew I had to figure out what makes this such an intriguing platform. What how does this capture everyone's attention? Uh, just so, so well. And Mayan really goes into the specifics, the tactics, the how you would actually do that and how she grew for her following from zero to 1.7 million. But even if you don't want to achieve that and you just want to get better at you know communicating, building connection with your audience with the power of video storytelling, this is the episode you need to listen to. Okay, so let's get straight into it today with my guest, Mayan. G'day everyone. This is Jules Dan here from Storytelling Secrets. And I'm here with Mayan, and she is going to be our resident TikTok expert, all that storytelling today. Mayan, how's it going? It's going great. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Hey, no worries. And today, we're going to go really deep about how you actually use storytelling inside of TikTok, obviously. But I want you to tell my audience a little bit about how you sort of just got into TikTok. Well, tell me about the moment when you first saw it and you knew, like, I have to get onto this. Yes, I don't think it was so much a moment that I knew that this was going to be the thing. Um, It was more that I followed Gary Vee for a number of years, and he kept talking about it on a consistent basis where I was like, okay, there's got to be something up with this app that you have to download it and kind of be a part of it to see see what that is. So I downloaded it, um, didn't get it right away. Like, you know, most adults, I think, were like, okay, how does this really work? And like, it's just showing me videos. What's up with that? Um, and so I, you know, messed around with it. I'd say maybe like 30 minutes a day, um, looking to see what was up with it, checking out the different videos, posting a couple glass videos of my own. And then two weeks in, one of the videos blew up and it started to get more than a million views within the first 24 hours and just thousands and thousands of comments, which compared to my entire five years of being on Instagram, nothing like that had ever happened. And this happened in the first two weeks of TikTok. So I was immediately kind of both hooked and fascinated. And that's That's what brought me on the platform. Yeah. Okay. So in, in a two week learning period, that's pretty brief, but in those two weeks, what did you really notice that were the posts that were kind of sucky and what was the elements that made that one thing just blow up? Yeah. So I would say when I didn't really know what I was doing, um, the videos that were kind of sucky were definitely the ones where it was just kind of showing something. There wasn't a lot of action or build up kind of involved or any climax. I was just like, look, here's a glass piece. Um, and they did fairly well still, you know, maybe got a couple thousand views, which compared Mm to Instagram, um, you know, again, was pretty good. So, Uh, The one that blew up, though, it had a glass turtle in it that was so realistic that there was this huge factor of like controversy involved where people didn't know if it was a real turtle or a glass turtle. And then there was a lot more like action kind of sequence in that video that made it just so much more, I think, fascinating and interesting to watch. 
Yeah. So what you're trying to say is that you really, the effective videos are the ones that build up, they have that climax, but they also have that curiosity at the very start. So you have to find out what is going to happen in that video. And I love I love that. So um, why do you think that this style of marketing and short form video is so effective? So, yeah, I think it's really effective one because it forces you to pay attention on a different level. Um, When you have a 30 second commercial or even a 20 second commercial, it's a lot easier to tune out, um, you know, to kind of stop paying attention in the middle um, or to just not pay attention from the get go because you know it's going to be long with 15 or 10 seconds or less. Sometimes um, you really focus in quick and you kind of emotionally get drawn in by the music factor that all these videos typically have. Um, so I think that's one of the, the major differences as to why storytelling can be so powerful and effective on the platform is it draws you in quick, holds you there, and then kind of, you know, throws you onto the next video. Yeah. And that's the part I really love. It just, it just throws you onto the next one. Um, so what I really want to like dig deep a bit into that. So like that story and how you make it so effective. Um, what are some of those story hooks that you might use in the first, you know, two seconds to really stop someone? Cause I've seen a lot of people, I've seen the behaviors of TikTok users and it is almost like mindless zombies just scrolling on the screen. And there has to be something to really like catch your attention. And what, what would that be? Yeah, so I think colors are something that really catch our attention. So if there's something like really bright, um, brightly colored, or, you know, kind of different color combos than we're normally used to seeing, I think that can really grab our attention in those first quick couple seconds. Um, Again, audio, if there's some interesting sound that our brain is going to have to try and figure out in those first couple seconds, um, one of two things, either we'll skip it right away because we don't recognize it, or depending on the sounds, we'll we'll listen in for a couple seconds to see what, what is this song, what is the sound going on, and how does it relate to the video as well. Um, in yep. terms, and then I'd say one more is just an action move. So a lot of, a lot of TikTokers either are using dance moves or, um, there's quite a few that do like parkour or flips or some type of athletic acrobatics. Um, and so, you know, starting off your video with some type of motion that indicates there's going to be more motion or more activity in your, in your post can get people, um, kind of focused in on it right away. That's really interesting. And so I'm going to be guessing because with your glass blowing, these are inanimate objects. So um, how would you, I think I know the answer, but I'd love you to tell my audience, how would you do that if you say like, sell something that's inanimate or intangible and how you actually get that, um, that movement going across in that video? Yeah, so luckily with glass blowing, um, and specifically with soft glass, because there's actually a couple different types of glass blowing. With soft glass, the glass itself when it's hot is pliable and movable for quite a bit of time out of the flame and out of the furnace. So mm-hmm. it's, it's actually very fascinating to watch the creation and the process. Uh, and, yeah. and this is a big thing on TikTok as a whole. Um, you'll see a huge art category where almost all of the artists are showing sped up process videos because art in general takes quite a long time to make. Um, And it's not fun to just kind of watch someone draw for hours and hours on end, but you speed two hours worth of drawing or glass blowing up into a 10 or 15 second video, cut out all the boring parts. And all of a sudden it's kind of a great story of beginning of the piece to the finished end of the piece. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. And um, it makes a lot of sense where all that sort of like that really condensed time-lapse sort of version, like you were just saying, really matches well for people who have crafty stuff, arts, 
how have you seen other people in different niches that are say less hands-on, less crafty, maybe someone like a, a salesperson or, or let's just say a copywriter or something that's just like less processy. What have you seen some good examples of how they're able to make that work? Yeah, I actually think that the the short format really lends itself to people who think that they have boring processes. Um, like let's say a copywriter. Mm-hmm. Now, the actual writing, watching them type on a computer, not That's very boring. interesting. Yeah. Pretty boring. But them setting up their work environment, them um, you know deciding which you know direction their computer is going to face or what poster goes up on their wall. Um, there's a lot of kind of process elements to whatever it is that your service or business is that you know, you can take one second of and put it together with five other one second clips. And all of a sudden you have this actually very captivating video because it's moving quickly. So visually you have to pay attention to what's happening. Um, and it tells a story of, you know, maybe you coming up to your computer, writing your copy and then being done and like celebrating with something. I think that that's a great story. Yeah. That's that's just a really cool way of putting it. So not necessarily like the how to of the specific craft, but like all the little tiny bits that go into it that make it a whole thing. I really like that. Now, yeah, the second, yeah. The second thing I want to ask about that sort of thing is, um, how do you sort of build a no like and trust? Cause just in case I'm going to say this in the intro, but you've got an audience of 1.7 million. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. 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 So how do you build that no like and trust factor with your audience at the very beginning? So they are, consuming your content and not just say a follower of your content. Right. So I think it's by having a little bit of a varied um, type of content that you're posting. So I think if you really stick to just one very specific type of content, Mm -hmm. it's a little, there's just this little more of a distrust factor with people thinking, Oh, it's incredibly curated. Even if it's not curated, the fact that you're not willing to kind of step outside and show them other parts of either your business or your own personal life, it people go, well, what are they hiding? Um, so for me, it's been, you know, helpful showing different kind of around, um, videos around where I travel, um, and kind of trying to give people a sense of what my life is like outside of just making a piece, um, I think builds a trust factor where they think, oh, you know, this person's willing to show us more parts of their life, so they have nothing to hide. Um, At the same time, I think educational content can really, really be strong in building trust. So when you post a piece of information that your customers or followers can go verify outside of you telling them Mm -hmm. that they then go, oh, that person told me the truth and you've built some level of trust. You do this enough times, you all of a sudden have a loyal follower who doesn't question what you tell them anymore because they verified enough. Like after you verify three, four times, you go, yeah, that person's always telling the truth. Um, and I think that that's a really valuable thing to be able to do with your, your social media because that, that loyalty really cross transfers across, um, all your posts, not just the sales posts or educational posts, really everything you start to communicate with them, they're going to believe and interact with at a higher level. Yeah, totally. That brand loyalty, like you're saying, and being able to demonstrate your authenticity really builds that trust. And, um, you know, some people might not actually like showing all their personal life, but if you want to play on TikTok, you're saying that you've got to show up and show other parts of your life. I think it's helpful. Um, I don't think you have to. I definitely think there's still room for, you know, like meme pages and like all all these different kind of very category accounts. Like I have a TikTok account that's Joy of Food and that one is all just desserts. Um, I haven't posted a single, (laughs) a single, yeah, a single video outside of desserts, not a single one. Um, So 
I think that there's room for that. Now, I don't get nearly as many opportunities, though, out of that account. And I don't get emails um, from people out of that account the way that I do the glass blowing one because people are able to see a more three-dimensional view of what I'm trying to post, who I am. It's just more interesting than when you're posting one thing. Yeah. Okay. Great. Now, what I just want to leapfrog exactly what if you just said before, uh, getting emails out, getting sales from TikTok. One of them, maybe like the biggest objections people have is like, why should I go on this platform? And how do I really translate the views and the scrolls into customers? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, and I think a lot of that answer really depends on how long-term you're looking at your customers. Um, are you looking at just trying to get a one-time sale or are you really looking to build a customer who once you kind of get them into your sales process is going to be ordering from you on a very regular basis or at least, you know, in certain times where it makes sense in your marketing to that customer. Um, so for me, I always look at a longer sales process because I find it more effective to building loyal customers that I can then have for a longer period of time. If you're looking at kind of a more short sales process, um, you're always going to have more, I'd say product and value points than you are these kind of outside points about your business or your brand. Um, and it can be very, very great for converting a, a sale quickly, but it's not as effective for building the long-term loyalty. So what I like to do is really encourage any type of sales to be a communication-based sale. Um, I don't send people to my website because I, if they're an interested customer, I want them to have that one-on-one interaction with me personally. That way I know they're going to come back again and again. At the same time, they're going to recommend me to all their friends because there's just a different level of feeling involved with the customer end. When they get to talk to the person running the business, when they get to talk to someone just even involved in the business who really cares and demonstrates that that, that business cares and values that uh, values that customer. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's why I direct people to email because I can close an email like 90% of the time versus a website, the website, you know, 10% conversion or less. So, right. Okay, cool. So the communication, like you're saying, you were saying you want to get them other DMS inside of TikTok forgive my ignorance. There, yeah, there are, but it's a double opt-in system, meaning both right. you have to follow the person and they have to be following you back before either one of you can message. Yeah, so so you can't a roadblock. Even message, yeah, you can't message people and say, hey, like, can you follow me so I can message you? It's just kind of a, a roadblock there. Um, and I think that's to prevent spamming, which is actually a really kind of cool feature of the platform and makes people really focus on the content consumption side and creation side versus, versus the communication side um, on a whole. Yeah. Okay. So I want to dig in just a little bit more about how, because this is really fascinating me, when it comes to after you do give, 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 build the loyalty, build the trust, it's in the long term. Let's just say you have a promotional TikTok video. Um, What's sort of like the copy like and what's the call to action to get them onto that uh, communication so you can interact with them on email? Yeah, so I think that the live videos currently are probably the best way to get people to interact with you because you can set up a live video during like some of your regular business operations. Like let's say you're a copywriter. Um, Mm -hmm. While you're writing your copy or while you're doing some work, have uh, your phone set up so that it's kind of watching you play some music so that the, you know, listeners are entertained and, you know, peek over at the screen every once every five minutes to engage them. And that way, if you want, you know, during those times, you can say, Hey guys, you know, if you, if you're interested in some copy, make sure you send me an email to find my email. It's in my bio, or you can just tell, tell them what your email is if it's easy to remember. Um, 
And that's an easy way to add that without really any extra work um, or time put into it. If you're looking to promote on your main kind of feed where all your main feed posts are, um, I think it's a little bit easier if you're selling a product that has a unique name or it's like a, a unique product that you created versus mm -hmm. if you're just a store kind of trying to sell a product that lots of other people have um, because you're going to have to get them to go to that store, right? You have to get the direct traffic to your website to make that sale or directly to your email. I think if you have um, a brand name product, like the first product I created, we, we kind of picked a name that we knew no one else had so that we could brand it this way. And when people talked about it, they would always come to us, no matter if we had a link or not, that when they Google searched it, we were the only company that sold diffuser beads. And that was the name of our product. Um, and so I think even if you do have a product that lots of other people have, coming up with a unique name that you call it, even if that's not the product's name, um, you can make up words and you can make up names for things. Yep. And people like how you're presenting it, they'll start picking it up and calling that. And then that's kind of a unique way that, that someone can market as well. Yep, definitely. Naming your process. I like that. Definitely a good way to stand apart. Even if it is sort of similar, it's a good way people actually know what you sell. And um, really great idea what you just mentioned before, just doing what you're, what you're doing in a live video um, sort of like showcasing a dramatic demonstration of what you're doing and then being able to like engage in the process. So it's not like real deep work, but it's strategic yeah. sort of like, Hey, this is what I'm actually working on right now. Yeah. And then you can, you know, test out different things. You'd be like, huh, I wonder if they'd respond well to this in my live video. You can just test it out. And you know, if it doesn't work, it really doesn't matter. So <laughs> yeah. Awesome. One last question before we wrap this up, Mayan, and that is, um, one of the sort of like key persuasion principles I bring up on this show is something by this guy called Blair Warren. And he says that people will do anything for those who encourage their dreams, justify their failures, ally their fears, confirm their suspicions, and help them throw rocks at their enemies. Now, it's probably a bit heavy for you to just, if you've never heard that before, just take it in. But um, how do you sort of figure out these areas and elements in your TikTok users so that you can create some better content, not just on TikTok, but like in other areas inside of your uh, marketing. Yeah. So um, one of the things that that's so great about TikTok kind of in this aspect is it's highly responsive when it comes to comments. So I think that the comment section is a really wonderful place to do observation and analysis of your customers and kind of of the way that you're marketing to your customers. So um, even when I have a caption that is super boring. It's like rate this video one to 10. Inevitably, people just love to give their opinions. Mm -hmm. And TikTok kind of shows it to the people who are interested enough to leave their opinions. So I'll get random comments that say, oh, I really like this particular part of it. And then I know, oh, okay, I got three comments like that. I should do a video that specifically highlights that one part that they were commenting on. Or, oh, okay, I noticed this particular trend of this type of customer commenting, you know, because you can even though you can't tell a lot about um, the TikTok followers, like there's no actual demographic, you know, people don't say their yep. age on yeah, their, yeah. on their profiles. Um, you can still a lot of times tell who they are from their videos. If it's not a private account with one glance, you're like, Oh, that's a 12 year old girl. Or you go, Oh, okay. That's a, you know, 30 year old man. Um, and so doing a little research and seeing who's responding to your posts and you know, in what way I think is invaluable across all platforms and across your business um, in general. Yeah, that's an awesome, really good takeaway piece of advice. Like you just mentioned, no question is too silly, even if you think it is, because you just have to throw it out there and um, just sort of see where that goes. And 
you know, you could really open up a nice can of worms you never thought might be there. Yeah. Sometimes you ask a question, I've had this happen before, and people respond in a way that is not an answer to the question, but gives you this, you're like, oh, they don't even care about what I asked about, but it triggered this like new thing that they do care very deeply about. Um, so an example of that real quick before we go yeah, is yeah, I love go. to barter. I love to barter. So I've always kind of my whole life done all these different, really interesting trades. Mm -hmm. And there was a bit of a lull in, um, in, in my glass blowing sales where I went, I have all these extra pieces. Like, let me see if I can both get some trades and just drum up more interest from people by doing this barter post. So I, you know, found a little picture of a bunch of baseball cards and I wrote on it with some text. And I was like, does anyone have any baseball cards to trade? And no one had baseball cards, but everyone had Pokemon cards. And then yeah. people had Magic the Gathering cards. And I literally have, I think, between ten and 50,000 um, Pokemon cards that I was able to trade. <laughs> wow, and, that's and, a lot. Yeah. yeah, and some of them are like holographic and Japanese and like all these cool things. Yeah. Um, but I, it, it let me know that Pokemon is much, much bigger a deal. And I can take that information outside of the card barter and now make glass pieces that are centered around Pokemon and know yeah. that they're going to do really well. That is, wow. Thank you for that sort of last little nugget there. So good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mayan, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today. Really piqued my curiosity of TikTok, what's working right now, and what better to speak with someone who's really influential in the space. Um, is it, if there's anything you'd like to tell my audience as a takeaway, I'd like you to take away the mic. But otherwise, thanks for coming on to Storytelling Secrets. Yeah, no, I mean, just, yeah, storytelling is probably the most powerful form of marketing and communication. So the more you can try and hone your skills at, at that, the better that and the more successful you're going to be. Yeah, and now you're a, a professional TikTok storyteller after listening to that episode. So glad you could connect with us on that episode. So if you want to go actually connect with Mayan, you can go find her at World of Glass. So the world, W-O-R-L-D, O-F-G-L-A-S-S. -S. That's her big, big account to go follow her. Um, you can also connect with her on LinkedIn. You can also connect with yours truly, Jules Dan, on LinkedIn as well. Check out some of the storytelling content. But otherwise, otherwise, I'm going to see you on Monday. And Monday is going to be a special, special episode. A little hot. It's our hot date together. It's you and I. We're going out one-on-one. -on -one. And what are we doing? Talking about how to use email marketing and storytelling together. Oh, I, I cannot wait to share some of the gold that I've been digging up in my reporter hat. So can't wait to see you there on Monday.